welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. Good luck. Welcome. As always, my name is Chris Pullman. And I'm Gloria Ackerman. And this week we'll be talking about two episodes, season seven, episode what? <laughs> it just sounded very bland. <laughs> episode 23, preventative medicine, and season seven, episode 24, a night at Rosie's. And I get preventative medicine, which begins in the OR with them cleaning up a lot of patients because a certain colonel, Colonel Lacey, mm -hmm. um, likes to get his hills. And he doesn't care at what, how many casualties he has. In fact, he has the highest casualty rate of any other colonel. So that kind of strikes BJ and Hawkeye in the wrong way. And they make some choices throughout the episode that um, BJ and Hawkeye do not agree on. Also, what's happening in plot two is Klinger decides to be a gypsy and do some voodoo. He has a voodoo doll of Colonel Potter. He has mm -hmm. a raw chicken that he likes to flip around. Yeah. Um, that better not be one of mine. <laughs> got it from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So, um, those were the two main plots. Mm -hmm. um, Colonel Lacey comes into town. He is the one who uses his... Um, men as pawns doesn't really care if they are hurt and he kind of sucked up to radar which i'm trying to figure out why well he put on a very good facade for everyone i think it's just that but i know my mom used to always say you be kind to the secretaries and yeah. the um maintenance because yeah. they know everything that's happening yeah and i think that's kind of what he was doing here oh i'm certain of that yeah because you know he even says it outright i've never met a, a company, company clerk. clerk who doesn't run the outfit because right. think of all the times that radar got three-day passes when the colonel said no exactly he can make things happen and mm -hmm. he knows that yeah when they need something who do they go to they don't go to the supply sergeant right off they go to radar because exactly. radar knows the other company clerks so i i thought that was pretty ingenious but yeah you you could tell when colonel lacy went in by his men none of them would talk to him no they'd been around his crap long enough that they were mean to it and largely the doctors and the nurses were too Right. Um, there was one guy, I wrote down his name, but I can't figure out where. When Lacey was giving out the Purple Hearts, he went into like an anaphylactic shock. His um, heart stopped. Um, McAvoy. McAvoy, yes. And the colonel was all, you have to make him live, you have to make him live, until Radar came in and said, someone's on the phone with for you. And he's like, oh, that's my other hill. I can, I might yeah. be able to, you know, attack another hill. And he left and forgot about McAvoy. Yeah, because... Which kind of showed you what his importance was. Yeah, because even the doctors came into Radar's office where Lacey was on the phone with the general afterward. And they said, by the way, McAvoy pulled through. Who? Who? Yeah. You and know. he had just found out that he cannot um, take the hill. They gave him a no-go. But he found out a way to do it anyway. Oh, that's which right. is why he had I'll that high it. casualty rate. I'll make it up that hill yet. 
Boy, you are something, aren't you? You don't take no for an answer. So, BJ and Hawkeye decided... Well, no, I have to say. Well, Hawkeye decided yeah. to invite him over for a drink. And BJ's like, why? Why would we do this? You know, you talk to the colonel while I, you know, mix the drinks. And he put something in his drink that gave him severe stomach cramps. Yeah. So... Hawkeye said, oh, it's appendicitis. And BJ, quite angrily, said, no, it's gas. It's gastritis. Uh, you you know. can't cut. BJ was very, very plain that you can't cut into a healthy body. Now, as you had mentioned, this has been done before. Yeah, they did this in, um, I wonder if they have it in the show notes. It was, I, I want to say it was season two when Trapper was around. They do this. They do this to Leslie Nielsen. No, that him they made think he was nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, not him. Quite easily. Yeah, but um, no, there was yeah, but there was another colonel there, where they took his appendix out so that he would get taken off the line. And you know, is that a good choice? Is it not? Do you cut into healthier body? Do you not? I mm -hmm. I can see both sides. Yeah. But BJ would not do it where Trapper went along with it. Yeah, and yeah, BJ makes his case. He says. Cutting into a healthy body is mutilation. And Hawkeye comes back with, don't tell me that people don't do unnecessary surgeries back home for money. And at How first, is this different? Yeah, at first I was thinking, oh, he's talking about plastic surgery. But then, you know, it's like... All kinds in of surgeries. Yeah, you know, you hear about, no, people do unnecessary surgeries just because then they'll get paid by. But at the end, tons of casualties were coming in again and bj had said you treated a symptom but the disease still comes merrily along yeah so mm -hmm. you can do you can take one guy out but they're going to put another guy in there mm -hmm. and they've made this point before even with uh souvenirs with that one where the the one chopper pilot was getting kids to go into minefields to collect brass and other mm -hmm. stuff um you know he made the point you may have taken me out of the game but you don't think somebody's going to move in on my territory then? Someone's going to make the buck. Yeah, there's always a niche. So. Then the funny part with Klinger. Oh he thought he goodness. was a gypsy. And he's sprinkling Vo this white well, powder. Not, not gypsy. He was doing voodoo. Uh, voodoo, yes. Voodoo. voodoo. Gypsy is different. He's pretended to be a gypsy before. Well, he's <laughs> dressed like a gypsy. You know, with the gypsy hat and clothes. and But yes, he was doing voodoo. Yeah. And spraying powder all over everything, whipping a dead chicken around and <laughs> with his little Colonel Potter. Well, no, Colonel Voodoo doll. I shouldn't say yeah. Colonel Potter because yeah. he finally decided well, to stab it. Oh, it was a Colonel Potter Voodoo doll. I it's think so, too. That, it looked just like Colonel Yeah, it did. It had the hat and everything. It, it just... Um, uh, when he stabbed it, that's when the drink that Hawkeye gave to... Um, Colonel Lacey hit him in his stomach and he screamed, ah, as Klinger stabbed. The and yeah, then gun. the doctors were pulling Colonel Lacey out of the swamp to go to OR and they're screaming about how it's appendicitis. Okay. It might just be gastritis. No, it's appendicitis. <laughs> He's a colonel too. Oh gosh, I did this to him. Because <laughs> Klinger had been put on indefinite KP oh, and guard duty because of his voodoo to Colonel Potter. He kept going, even though Colonel Potter warned him yeah. many times and said, if you do it one more time, you're on eternal KP 
and guard duty, which just, now explains why he's always on KP and yeah, guard duty. I just love the bit, though, where Klinger is my guy, Boo Pan, rubbing or holding this chicken out in front of Colonel Potter and trying to hex him. And then when Colonel Potter says that, then Klinger says, how come when you say it, it works? And Potter just holds up his lapel and goes, because my bird is more powerful than your bird. <laughs> I love that part, too. It was like my favorite line of the whole thing. It's great. But, yeah, again, it just... You know, this was a very later season mash episode because... You know, we get all of this anti-war stuff. Because there's a lot of it in this episode. But, um, you know, it also we It's we funny, see... the next two episodes are kind of anti-war. Yeah, but you, you definitely see the side of Hawkeye that's a carryover from the early seasons. But instead of having his enabler Trapper, he has BJ. Who has who is a his... conscience. Yeah, he's very moral. And so that kind of flips the script on this. Exactly. Um, at the same time, we know that Colonel Potter... Now, Radar was quite taken with Colonel Lacey because it was working on him. Colonel Lacey's shtick was working on Radar. But, even so, Colonel Potter dictates a letter to i recommending that Colonel Lacey be transferred to a non-combat position because of his reckless endangerment of his men. Because they have statistics, they know it said that... It's 20 to 30% casualties. Mm. That's and, what he has. And there's another episode where we see a very similar situation with a line officer. But there, it was an engineer company, and he wasn't endangering all his men. Only the colored, only the oh, black yes, yes. soldiers. Exactly. I, I use the term colored because that's what he used. Or what they used. Because it would have been... I, I don't... Anyway... Um, but yeah, here, you know, it was still reckless endangerment of his men, and Colonel Potter did write a letter, it's just that <laughs> Hawkeye got to him first. Right. And he's off the line for two to three weeks, he did the surgery. Take away my company! Oh, definitely appendicitis. And it... BJ did not help, either. Yeah. He did go back to the swamp and had a few drinks, and it was funny, because Laura had pointed out Chris's wife, my daughter, yeah. had printed or pointed out that, well, how was BJ any different? He knew casualties were coming in, and yet here he was drinking gin. Yeah. Knowing quote that. Quote unquote gin. Yeah, quote unquote <laughs> gin. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's weird because, you know, the, something else I pointed out here in the next episode, we get this guy who's apparently been passed out for months. <laughs> and, um, you know, like you said, People used to drink in the mill. Oh, and I'm yes. Like, they had it had to be a lot easier to be an alcoholic back then. Oh, my it, God. Everyone drank. It, beer was kind of like your milk. Yeah. You drank it with your meals, especially your dinner. Mm -hmm. So uh, everyone drank beer. You, It was like... Yeah. But, you know, at least... I mean... So, uh, on the one hand, I agree with Laura. Because... If BJ was told by radar that casualties were coming in, he probably shouldn't have been drinking, regardless of the time period, because he would have had to operate. And but he people have a your clear age mind. only know mad mothers. My age, everyone drank. Yeah, like but, back but, in so the seventies, yeah. mm -hmm. drinking wasn't even thought of as an issue. 
Yeah. Everyone drank and drove. Everyone, uh, you well, drank 24-7. No, it was I, a different world completely than yeah. it is right now. No, and I remember stories from my dad about, you know, where him and his buddies would, and this is before 70s even, but him and his buddies would go out to the bar and then get caught driving home. It's like, where are you going home, sir? Well, you make sure you go right home. Exactly. And don't go anywhere else. So, no, I get it. It's just, you know, he probably shouldn't have been even so. Because as a doctor, you probably understand that you're going to be a little impaired. Exactly. But, yes, it's like, uh, you know, in modern day, maybe that's setting up a juxtaposition here. Who is the more irresponsible doctor? Hawkeye for cutting into a healthy body and taking out what he admits is a healthy pink, uh, what is it? Um, oh, goodness. Appendix. Here, here it is. I have the quote. Pink and perfect, and I tossed it in the scrapbook. So who is the more irresponsible one? Hawkeye for cutting into a healthy body and removing a healthy organ? But saving a lot of men. No, not really saving a lot of men, though, because they're going to eventually take that hill. Yeah. Or BJ. Who was drinking and... And knew that surgery was coming. Which one was more irresponsible, or were they equally irresponsible? It's an interesting just juxtaposition. Um, Lacey, just to talk about Lacey, because again, he has this, this, um, what, what would you call it, the silver tongue? Just he knows how to schmooze people. Exactly. And it's kind of his default setting, and it's interesting because like. It didn't work on Margaret though. It didn't work on Potter. It all it started. To work on Margaret, but then he's describing to her in the mess tent. His casualty rate. You know, we're going to take you 403, and we'll, we'll, we'll have casualties. How many? Only 20 to 30 percent. And he keeps trying to go to his tactics, and Margaret just says, That's one out of three men out of ten. That's How almost a hundred men. That? Well, hopefully they'll be lower. But anyway, Monte Cassino. The Germans were entrenched, and Margaret just says, Excuse me. I forgot to wash up. And she just leaves. And then he tries to sweet-talk the doctors, and he he puts off their protestations as fatigue. Mm-hmm. I see it every day. You know what? I would be happy to talk to Colonel Potter and get you, too, a week of R&R in Seoul. That's just what you gentlemen need. So they kind of played on that when they met him to get him this drink and... Yeah. It just... He, he had an angle on everybody that might have worked for some people but not for these doctors because all they could see was this butcher right? who kept putting people into their hospital. Um, anything else about this? Yeah, Klinger at the end. It was hilarious, I thought. Mm. For that last scene, he ran up to Father Mulcahy yeah. and said, Here, take all my voodoo stuff. I just... Father, I've dabbled in... The occult. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very melodramatic. And it well, was it great. was Klinger. Yeah. And Father Mulcahy, he said, I'll take it all, but not the chicken. Oh. And Klinger says, I'll give it back to the cook. <laughs> what yeah. smells like a dead chicken? <laughs> this dead chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost thought, you I don't ever want to eat chicken again. <laughs> you know, Klinger, if it weren't you, this uh. would seem odd. <laughs> It was great. Oh. Um, 
I love that part, though. Yeah, no, me he too. He actually scared himself because yeah. he's really in his head because that's the way Klinger's mind works. Yeah. He actually believes that he caused that appendicitis by that's stabbing right. the dude. He's a colonel, too. Oh, God. I, I did it. Yeah. Um, uh, guest stars, recurring cast. We had Jeff Maxwell's Igor Straminsky. He was serving in the mess tent. This is one of the two times that we saw uh, Winchester in the episode. He was in OR at the beginning, and then he was in the mess tent. Him and Margaret were in line, and uh, Igor is serving Margaret and Charles, and Charles ends up kind of resting his tray on the on the serving line and says, Private, where are the green vegetables? And Igor says, Sir, the cook had some, but the rats got to it. There's still some left if you want them. <laughs> Charles just sets, or he's holding his train, goes, Private, you have ruined my appetite, Thank and you. I am grateful. <laughs> and sets down his train, walks out, and that's the Perfect. last. It's that moment where the brother walks up the stairs and is never seen from again for the rest of the episode. Um, we get James Rainwright. Wainwright as Colonel Bingham Lacey. We see Larry Flash Jenkins as Private North. He's the the black soldier in post-op who refused the uh, Heart. Purple Heart from Colonel Lacey. You keep it! You keep it as a reminder of putting me here! Yeah. Uh, we also have uncredited appearances by Joanne Thompson, Kelly Nakahara, and Jennifer Davis. The production code for this episode was T- 416 T416 I'm repeating it for Gloria the writer was Mitch Markowitz director was Harry Morgan mm, couple now yeah and the original air date was February 19th 1979 alright next episode season 7 episode 24 A Night at Rosie's um, this is the first time we meet Sergeant Scully which he marks a divergence with the old Margaret in a way that we haven't seen before because before Margaret had always said she could never fall in love with anybody whose rank was below a colonel but she falls for Scully here and we see him a couple more times it's the same actor which I'm grateful for but he's a sergeant he's an enlisted man so this but is very rugged yeah so this is <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> there's a moment we'll get to that uh, but you know this is part of the new Margaret that drink with um, uh, with the Major General Fox no not Fox a couple episodes ago he was there for when Margaret was trying to get the nurses to do triage oh, oh I remember yeah, yeah with him when she has a drink with him I, I would view that as the end of the old Margaret and the beginning of the new Margaret when she toasts, here's to me. And I think this is part of the new Margaret. You know, that is the official break in my mind uh, with Margaret. There's a lot more going on in this episode. I just wanted to point that out because at first we open with uh, Rosie, who is played by Eileen Saki. We've seen her as Rosie before, which again I love when they actually reuse actors as the same character. I appreciate that. Um, but we see her cleaning up Rosie's. And then Hawkeye comes in and pronounces that he's done with the war. Well, not yet. <laughs> I'm sick 
and tired. <laughs> we are closed. <laughs> Come on, Rosie. Give me breakfast. Just a little something. My pans and pots are all asleep. <laughs> Come on, Rosie. Would you turn me away? Fine. What you have? <laughs> I want a bowl. A what? A bowl and a beer. Which, if you look on our Facebook page, I will have posted a picture. <laughs> I didn't have Rice Krispies. Hawkeye dumped a little box, like a single-serving box of Rice Krispies into the bowl and then poured beer into the bowl and started having beer crispies. I tried this with off-brand... nasty. With off-brand, like, oat checks. It wasn't too bad. It was interesting because <laughs> it was fizzy and the, the checks really... Um, hid the flavor but i wouldn't <laughs> recommend it but this is the start of it and what happens is more and more people show up at rosie's eventually we get hawkeye scully and bj who declare rosie land its own independent country and more shenanigans happen clinger is a main focus of this episode as well he comes for a crap game for the wong ho floating crap game so that's the main subplot, I would say. And uh, most of the camp ends up at Rosie's, either drinking or passed out. And then Potter comes and breaks it up. Because if I let you run away with the whole camp, there's nothing to command. So I've got to shut this down. And then the, what I would call the minor C-plot is Major Frank Dorset, the unknowing soldier who is passed out and just existing as a set piece for the whole episode until the last scene, until the post-commercial uh, scene, which we'll talk about. They even had his hand taped up to his <laughs> Surgical taped to his head with his elbow resting on a stack of beer cans so that he was up and saluting as people came into Rosie's. As they received an official... I'm, I'm assuming he was their head of state. <laughs> I guess. You know, official ambassador. Land. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the basic overview, is we see Rosie Land, quote-unquote, breaking off from the 477 from the rest of the world. Uh, Klinger playing craps with Father Mulcahy joining in, and Major Dorset being a set piece. Those are kind of the three. So let's go by through this piece by piece. Hawkeye has Rice Krispies and beer at the bar. Scully comes in. And he starts trying to buy booze with whatever's on his back. Should last him a good ten years, he says. <laughs> Hawkeye decides to... Uh, Help him out. ...and finance his departure from the war. He just walked off. He just There was a big battle, and he walked off the line. So well, he he's said, AWOL. what did he have, three weeks of battle, mm -hmm. and he just walked away. Yep, he walked away. Uh, he was five miles from the line, and he said, I'm done. Um, yeah, he just goes. And actually, Hawkeye thought that was a pretty good idea. Let's yeah. Yeah. The war, well, let's make our own country. Yeah. I liked it. BJ comes in looking for Hawkeye, because Colonel Potter's been looking for Hawkeye, and BJ says, or uh, Hawkeye says, come on, just stay a while, have a drink. Yeah. No, I don't drink before breakfast. Have a drink as breakfast. Oh. Maybe right. just one. And then you see... He ends up staying. Yeah, then you see BJ kind of dancing and swaying. 
Uh, had a good breakfast, in other words. Yeah. Klinger uh, comes in. BJ greets him. And Klinger ends up going to the bar and telling Rosie, Hey, I'm here for the crap game. And Rosie says, I don't know nothing about it. No, you know, Wang Ho's floating crap game. I still don't know anything about it. And she holds out her hand. And he puts down a bunch of money. Another five. How did you know? Puts down more money. And she helps him clean up the back room of Rosie's where the crap game is going to be. And there they find Major Frank Dorset, the unknowing soldier. And he's unknown because Radar even ran his dog tags and they couldn't figure he's, he's he, not He's not from here or from Japan, he's from nowhere. But he's, um yeah. The as Klinger and Rosie are squatted down by him, he just kinda <sighs> And Klinger goes, Whoo Rosie says I wondered what happened to that bum. I thought he just uh skipped out on his booze. Thirty days. Two days. Food, or what was it? Beer and rent. rent. Cough it up. Don't say cough it up. <laughs> he might. <laughs> um, so then that's when they kind of put him out into the main room, Tie saluting. Yeah, and then Radar shows up looking for BJ and Hawkeye, who have been missing from duty, because Hawkeye is officer of the day. And, um, you know, they say, come on, just, just stay. Stay for a great knee high. And that's when Radar sees this major and goes, Boy, I better check on him. Leaves his hand in front of the major's face. Maybe I'll have a double first. <laughs> Next person to come in, Margaret. Was Margaret before yeah. Charles? Okay. Yes. Yep. Margaret showed up. She finds Kelly and another of her nurses there. I'm guessing Joanne. This. Yes. That's where you two are. Major, Kelly says, we were off duty and we thought we would just come here for a drink. I know, but I thought you'd invite me. We didn't know that you'd be interested. That'll cost you a drink. <laughs> and uh, that's when Scully hits on her and says, Major, how about a dance? I'm, I'm having a drink with my nurses. Which felt great to hear. Yeah. Excellent. What would you say if I told you you were the prettiest thing on two feet that I've seen in six months? And then they were off dancing. I'd say let's hit the floor. <laughs> uh, next, Father Mulcahy shows up. Uh, BJ talks him into a drink and then Charles shows up and is berating Hawkeye for skipping out on his duty oh poor Winchester and Hawkeye tells him quiet you if you say one more word I'm going to tie you up under citizen's arrest (laughs) and of course Winchester starts going off on him again and so Hawkeye puts him into a very weird sort of Nelson grab in the back and then BJ comes over and Mulcahy forms part of this crowd that gathers around and we find out that they hog tie him to a <laughs> chair and put the officer of the day badge in his mouth. Uh, next we see Mulcahy go back into the crap game and he started rolling and his first roll uh, oh, he hits snake eyes <laughs> and Oh, who is it? I think, is it... I'm just going to look at the... It's Richard Lee Sung, so Ham Kim. Um, who, who says to him, You must not live right, Father! <laughs> uh, that was good. That's exactly how he said it. Um, next, we see Radar trying to wake Major Dorset. 
and then he's like talking to BJ about it and he ends up dancing like BJ's dancing with a nurse and swaying just a little slow step and then Radar is standing up next to him and trying to tell him I've checked this guy out from Seoul to Tokyo and he's not from anywhere and Radar's just swaying with BJ and this nurse we see Margaret dancing with Scully and then Potter arrives and he kind of starts breaking up the party because he comes in and you know uh, first he meets BJ or he's talking to Hawkeye at the bar and BJ says oh Colonel I found Hawkeye he's over at Rosie's so that was yeah and then uh, Potter says I'm looking for my officer of the day and they take him over to Charles who is tied to a chair with the officer of the day badge in his mouth but he actually wasn't officer of the day because no, Hawkeye, Hawkeye was supposed was suppo- to relieve him. Yeah. She never showed. It was easy tying him up, but it took six of us to get the badge in his mouth. <laughs> and uh, my favorite line of that little interaction between Potter, Winchester, BJ, and Hawkeye is when Winchester says, They humiliated me. They tied me up. And then in between dances, they'd, they'd come over and sit on me. Um, <laughs> but then Potter said, "Put the, put the." He put the badge back, back in, in Winchester's mouth because he kept his. I want them quartered <laughs> and the pieces arrested. I want them hung. <laughs> he was just going off, and <laughs> Potter's like, "All right, that's enough." Um, I like this episode. It was. It's a lot, and it's all spectacular. In the back, in the crap game, Klinger said that he had been watching uh, the two crap game runners for them to be exchanging dice, and he hadn't caught it yet. And then Mulcahy sees them doing it when Klinger wins a big pot. Meanwhile, out in the main bar, MPs show up as Radar and Rosie are trying to wake up Major Dorset. And just as they're looking for Scully and they find him, the crap game breaks into a fight into the main bar because Klinger found out that they were cheating him. And uh, then the whole bar just erupts. In a Which big... was perfect timing for Margaret and Scully. Yeah, because Scully gets away, goes back to his unit. Margaret helps him actually get away, which yeah. is amazing. Like, he yeah. would have probably stayed and fought, but mm-hmm. she said, no, just go back. Yeah. Say you got lost. Mm-hmm. All right, Margaret, but... I'm going to be back. And he keeps his promise. Yes, he does. Um, it, it's interesting, because then right after that, you know, she kisses Scully. And then some other drunk soldier comes up and goes, Hey, baby, how about me? <laughs> and she decks, decks him with, him. with one punch just right across the cheek. The perfect it's like, punch. It's great. That was great. Um, and then, No guy's taking advantage of her. Yeah. And it's just an all-out brawl. I mean, people are falling left and right. I like the flag, too. The flag of Rosieville. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. A couple of soldiers walk in, probably a couple of corpsmen from the camp walk in, and how would you like a complimentary BJ's, you know, at the door? Yeah, let's go through that scene, because he's at the door, and he goes, how would you like a complimentary pretzel? Wait, wait, don't walk away. 
How about show some respect for our flag? And it's a pair of boxer shorts <laughs> just hanging it in the, the way of a fan. Flag. So it's it's waving. waving in the flag. Yeah. And then Hawkeye is talking to some nurse. And uh, I'm guessing it's Nurse Joanne. Or it might have been Jennifer Davis. And, um, and he's saying, you know, it's just, has anybody explained to you the philosophy of Rosyland? And she goes, no, but somebody tried to uh, commandeer my underwear as a flag. Oh, that, that would have been her secretary of state. <laughs> I, I don't know what would have made a better flag, to be honest. Um, I think it was the perfect flag. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's this all-out fight. We see that the post-credit, or the post-commercial scene is the fallout. BJ and Hawkeye are still at the bar the next morning. Rosie and one of her girls are cleaning up, and it's a wreck. I mean, somebody, of course, fell out the front window. Because, like you said, they always do. They always do. Somebody... As soon as I saw the window, I thought, someone's going through that. Because anytime <laughs> they put that up, it's kind of like a plastic window. Or Yeah. I'm I'm guessing it was candy glass. Yeah, that. Yeah, because it's like, yep. Every time I see that window, I think, mm, bar fight. Yeah, somebody's going <laughs> through it, and sure enough, somebody got tackled out of the window, and then Klinger used that as a door. Boy, what a night! <laughs> but Hawkeye and BJ are getting up to leave, and all of a sudden they hear, "Oh, I gotta get a cab." I gotta get to the base. I'm gonna be late for my meeting. And they go over, and there's Major Dorset fall out of his chair. But finally awake. Finally after, awake and cognizant. Know, a days. Yeah. Hey, this isn't the club. Where do you think you are? <laughs> Why? Honolulu. <laughs> I'm stationed over at the airbase. This is Korea. Who would ever drink in Honolulu? Yeah, that was... A, boy, they really did it. I was getting plastered at the club. And I told the guys how I wanted to join in the fun in Korea. And yeah, that's where BJ said. What did I say? You just said it. <laughs> who would ever drink in Honolulu? Who, who would need... To drink in Honolulu? <laughs> And, and then he's like, I'm going to be late for my meeting. What do you, When do you think it is? July 4th. It's August. I've been plastered for five Not weeks. Eight. That's a new record. Not in Korea, it isn't. <laughs> that was oh a great ending. God. And just again, Who could if, if you could... If you could drink on the job, I could see how you'd be plastered for five weeks. But that's just... How are you alive? <laughs> You'd be dehydrated. And... Yes. How are he you was... alive? <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, I but, don't... I mean, he was so plastered, he went to Korea and didn't know it. They must have stuck me on a transport. Oh. In what? <laughs> and not just... The transport, but he got to the middle of Korea, yeah. close to the line, yeah. at a mass unit. Now, how did he end up there? Who knows? <laughs> he probably he probably got drunk at the old club at the base, and then and said, then ended up "I want to go where the action is." <laughs> He's lucky he didn't end up on the front line. Yeah. Oh my God. With a toe tag on at the <laughs> at a battalion aid station. 
That's happened. It has. All right. Anything else? No. Okay. Guest stars. We had Joshua Bryant as Sergeant Jack Scully. We'll see him again. Eileen Saki as Rosie. Not the last time we'll see her. Joseph Doretti, Major Frank Dorset. Last time we see him. Richard Lee Sung, Ham Kim. Not the last. Hell not the first or the last time we've seen this actor. The last time and the first time that we've seen this character. He played the son of. K. Luke as Cho Chim, who bought out Wang Ho's floating crap game. Because Klinger says, how can this be Wang Ho's floating crap game? Neither of you is Wang Ho. I bought it out. But we get to keep name is good for business. This is my son, Ham Kim. Have you ever seen more honest faces? <laughs> yes. Plenty of times. We have Jim Burke as the talking MP, because there was a non-talking MP who's not credited. Jennifer Davis Westmore as Nurse Jennifer Davis, Kelly Nakahara as Nurse Kelly Yamato, and Joanne Thompson as Nurse Joanne. The production code was T426, so this was the last one filmed in this season. Writers are credited... On the wiki as Ken Levine and David Isaacs. Director was Burt Metcalf. Original air date was February 26, 1979. All right. Yeah, two good episodes. Both anti-war episodes. Yeah. Very 70s-ish. Oh my goodness. The Night at Rosie's, I think, is probably... I would have to say it rounds out my top five favorite episodes. Really? Just because of what it is. It's... Anti-war, definitely. It, it's great. It has a lot going on. And we... Yeah. <laughs> There's little to no operating in it. It's all focused in Rosie's. It's a two-scene... Well, like a three... A three-scene. Because we have the main bar, the crap, the crap game... game. And, then, and then outside. And then one outside shot with Potter. And it's it's great. Yeah. I, I really think... You know, you don't realize... You get the bar fight. You yeah. get the crap game. You There's get... so much going on. It's really great. The dancing... I highly recommend this. One of these times, maybe at the end, when we finish all these, we're going to have to come out with our top ten list ah, of episodes. Okay. That'll be interesting. Because, again, I think this will round out my top five as number five, but I'll have to see. Because there are a lot of other... <laughs> there are a lot there of other lot episodes. Of great episodes. And what? There's... I'm just doing math in my head, 264 because, you know, some odd episodes. He has to use that match that he paid a lot of money for for his hey. masters. <laughs> 24 times 11. It's actually not too bad. All right. So, if you've enjoyed listening to us ramble for the last, oh, about 40 minutes or so. Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a shorter episode. It's, no, it's, it's average. average. It's an average, average episode for us. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to us, if you do the podcast thing, you can find more episodes of Whiskey and Mash by going to iTunes or your favorite podcast application and searching for Whiskey and Mash. We are also out on Stitcher Radio. Otherwise, if you don't do the podcast thing, but you do listen to MP3s, you can head over to our website, narclaninc.com slash whiskeyandmash. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C dot com. Go to the podcast link, go to the Whiskey and Mash page, and there on the page are all of our back episodes in MP3 format all ready for you to download and listen on your device or you can stream them right from the web page if you'd like to get in contact with us also on that web uh, also on that podcast page we have a 
Facebook link as well as an email link. You can go click on that Facebook link and it'll take you over to facebook.com slash whiskey and mash, our Facebook page, where you can like that page. And every time I put out a new podcast episode, I also tend to put the synopsis out there so that anybody following us can see that we've put a new episode out. Or you can email us directly, whiskeyandmash at narclanning.com. That comes right to the podcast. And we would highly encourage you to just let us know what you think about our episode, about what we Give said. If you If you disagree with any of our interpretation of anything that happened during the episode, we would actually love to hear it. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to help support it, keep it going for the next, you know, basically three seasons and two episodes, because that's kind of where we're at. Well, no, four seasons, eight, nine, ten, eleven, four seasons and two episodes. Uh, share it with a friend. Point them over to the website. You know, get help us grow our audience, because this isn't the only thing we're going to do. I plan on uh, us doing... Mm-hmm. Yeah, another we'll show. What. Let us know what you like. Yeah, another show after this, after MASH. After we get done with MASH, well, probably not after MASH. We might do after MASH. <laughs> we might, if we can I've find it. I've never seen after MASH. Neither have I. We need to find <laughs> it somewhere. It might be on Amazon. But, you know, we... Plus, I, it's really bad. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, it did only run two seasons. But, you know, we'll find something else to watch and to review on the air. But yeah, help us grow our audience. Help us find other people who are willing to listen, who would like to listen to us babble on for 40-some minutes. And that would be the best way to support us. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Thank you for helping us spread the word. I am Chris. I'm Gloria. And have a great week. Merry Christmas. This will air at Christmas. Yeah. So if you're not... If you're not a Christian, you don't celebrate Christmas, happy Hanukkah. This year it falls around the same time. Happy Kwanzaa. You know, have a great Festivus. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Just enjoy. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Stay warm. We'll see you next time. Except those people in Texas who it's 70 or 80 degrees that just uh, forget go, about you. Don't go hating on your son. <laughs> I know, but he told me it was 76 yesterday as it was below zero here. Yeah, then you can decide. <laughs> but we love you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Have a great week. Bye, everyone.